there are 25 million adults and children suffering from labor and sex trafficking all over the world, including in the United States. If it wasn't for him, those people would never have made it. If it wasn't for him, those children would never make it. The United States is number three for destination countries for human trafficking. Number one for the consumption of child rape videos. The difference between Schindler's List and this film, Schindler's List was done 50 years. Too late. Too late. We're doing this right now, during the time. And this is a huge weapon to evil, and they don't like it. In this episode, I sit down with actor Jim Caviezel, as well as Tim Ballard, a former Department of Homeland Security special agent and founder of Operation Underground Railroad. Jim Caviezel plays Tim Ballard in the new Angel Studios action drama film, Sound of Freedom. It's a big octopus with a lot of arms. Our children are in the crosshairs of spiritual warfare. This is American Thought Leaders, and I'm Yanya Kelleck. Jim Caviezel, Tim Ballard, such a pleasure to have you on American Thought Leaders. Great Thank you. Thank so you. good to be here. So I've watched the film Sound of Freedom twice now. Um, the first time, Tim, I was thinking to myself, I cannot believe that you live this story. And I know it's, uh, it's, it's your story. Unbelievable. So engaging. And the second time, I really, I thought to myself that this film has a chance to raise awareness about something that, it, frankly, is very difficult to talk about, something very dear to my heart, um, child trafficking. So, Jim, you, of course, play Tim Ballard uh, in the movie. Tell me about playing this role. Tim Ballard, former Homeland Security, uh, CIA, um, he's, he's fighting an uphill battle. He's getting these traffickers, but he can't save the kids. And um, God answers his um, prayer when he takes down one of the worst traffickers, pedophiles they had seen at the border. And this little boy, out of the voice of babes, uh, the child says, will you save my sister? And so Tim risks his life um, and uh, essentially sells everything he has, um, talks to his wife. And she says, you know, go and do, do, you know, do what you're supposed to do. And um, he had a purpose. And I love um, in the, when Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a pearl that you'd sell everything for. Essentially, Tim gets it, and he sells everything to go and find his heart with where this little girl is. He, he uh, you know, greater love of you than lay your life down for your brother, your sister, and he lays it down for this little child. So, Tim, something that struck me in the film was there's this pendant. Um, Miguel, the little boy that you rescue, ostensibly gives it to you. His sister gave it to him. And it creates this wonderful kind of continuity throughout the film. Te lo prometo. Was this real? Yeah, so I'm so glad you asked. You're the first person who asked this question. Yeah, I know. And it's, an, it's a very important question. I begged the writers not to include that piece. Not because it wasn't true, because it is true. And I thought no one would believe it. No one would believe that this little boy who kicked off this whole, like, my, my whole life mission. Because I was not committed yet. I, I thought, I'll do this for a few years. You're supposed to stay in child crimes four or five years max because it burns holes in your brain. Um, but after that experience, I, I, it was, it, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do anything else. 
so he does give me the necklace, and he, he, he says to me, I remember that moment, and he, he said, um, oh, this didn't make it in the film, but it was, um, it was one of the most um, transformational moments of my life when we got him out of the van, and you know, I don't know if they cut that scene or not where Jim's carrying the boy out of the van, and then I had to go interview him for several days to find out what's going on, where's your sister, where's the other people, and he gives me, he gives me this necklace that his sister had given him. It was like a prayer, a rosary. Um, and I, I said, why do I want this? And, and he didn't really tell me why, okay? It was almost like he was being inspired. Uh, it wasn't until later on, uh, a few days later, I had it in my office and my son, who was about his same age, he was five years old. Um, my son was a few years older than that. Um, and he said, Dad, where'd you get this? I said, oh, this little boy we helped, you know, we rescued this kid. Well, how do you know your name? That's so cool that he put your name on the necklace. I'm like, no, my name's not on the necklace, you know. It's, and I flip it around, and there it is, you know, First uh, Timothy 6.11, which is a beautiful scripture. And, and I just felt, just from my head to my toes, just invigorated, like enlightened, like, oh my gosh. Tiene tu nombre, Nelly. Mi hermano me la dio. Tu rescata niños, ¿verdad? Quizá puedas ayudarme a encontrarla. You know, people say it's a coincidence, whatever. For me, it wasn't. It was very real. And I started wearing that necklace throughout the entirety of that mission and every other mission that, that I, ever, I ever did. So thank you for asking that. No one has, because everybody just assumes it was, a, it was poetic license and just kind of this cute little thing they threw in. And no, it's, it's very real and it's very meaningful and, it's, and it's, it was a huge part of my decision. You know, Jim, watching the film, and to, the reason I mentioned this pendant is because it seemed like you made the pendant incredibly important to you. It wasn't a coincidence. Like you thought, oh, this, this is meaning. This is, I'm getting a sign here that this is what I need to do. I mean, what you choose to do is kind of unbelievable, right? Like yes. it's, it's unbelievable huh. that your wife, you, you credit your wife with, with actually having, you know, sort of inspired it or agreed to it. But there's a sign, right? I think that that that, you're, that you need to do this. This is this is this is how you're going to maybe find redemption from everything you've had to suffer watching all this video and everything to to prosecute these people. Tell me, am I am I reading this right here? Or? The first Timothy Timoteo, Spanish, is a symbol of faith, right? That God uses little symbols like this to speak to us, and. It's been there and since our forefathers. Here we are in Washington, D.C., and people have lost their way this way. You know, kicked God out of his schools, that we're more free and we're not. And so in a film like this, um, it does, it's not going in that direction of where our, my industry has gone. It's going the right direction. Guys that before us came, like Jimmy Stewart, when he did It's a Wonderful Life, this has that in there. This film has a lot of tough things there, but the, what burns is his love for humanity, for God, when he gave him that direction at the expense of his own life. And at some point, though, we all are going to meet the end. And that goes right to Scripture with the great saints like St. Paul or John the Baptist, you know, and they were fearless because they trusted God. 
And what is greater than fear is love. How, how do you do that work? Like, how do you watch? Because, you know, you were, there's a scene in the film where you're typing up the scene, right, the video that, that you've found. Yeah. And I just, I don't even know how to, like, even, even thinking about it makes, is difficult a little bit. And I haven't even seen it, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, that, that scene is, is particularly difficult for me to watch. I don't, I, I don't watch the movie. If I, have, I speak, I come in afterwards. It's so much for me, and they film so many things that are so, I mean, something's on the spot, like at the port of entry when the little boy who gives me the necklace, that, they filmed it at the very place, in the very lane, and, and the Calexico West port of entry where that happened, and same in, in Calexico, or same in, in Cartagena. Um, but how do I do this? Um, well, to answer that, I'll, I'll first say that there's a reason I insisted that Jim Caviezel play me. You know, I didn't know Jim, He's my, he was my favorite actor, you know, but, but why was he my favorite actor? Um, because, well, because of the passion, because of the Count of Monte Cristo, my favorite movies, uh, Count of Monte Cristo in particular. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't trust Hollywood. You know, after this operation made the news and, and things happened, um, they, we started getting hit up by these studios, and we were just like, no, 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 we don't. Because, I, look, I'm in business because of Hollywood. I mean, Hollywood creates the content that creates the sex addiction, that creates the demand, that creates human trafficking. Like, the link is, is there if we want to see it. So... How's Hollywood coming to me? So when, when this production studio came to me, I, I, it turns out they aren't. They're, they're not, they're maybe, they're not of Hollywood, right? They're, they're, but I didn't know that. I said, look, Jim Caviezel has to play me. I don't care. They said, he doesn't look like you. I don't care what he looks like, okay? Because there's this cool thing at the end. You see where they do this transformational. Okay? That was in the script from the beginning where they show real footage. Say, the guy's got to look like you. And I said, no, he doesn't. He has to feel like me. I, I need to know. He's the only actor I know that loves Jesus, and that's so important to me. And why is that important to me? And this answers your question of, of how we do this, how I do this, is because I am a person of faith, and there's one scripture that speaks so loudly to me. Um, it's the one time in the scripture where Jesus gets mafioso in his language, like literally violent. It's Jesus, so it's righteous violence. It's very rare to have righteous violence, but that's what is happening um, and I'm not talking about flipping over tables outside the temple. I'm talking about a line he says that reminds me of the mafia. And he, he, talk, he, he says it only once. Never again does he, he say such a thing. He said, it's better that a millstone be wrapped around your neck and you cast to the bottom of the ocean, of the sea, than that you should hurt one of these little children. In other words, that's horrifying, but what's going to happen to you is going to be worse if you dare do this thing. Okay, what does that do for me? It makes it so that I can do the things that you see depicted in that film. I'm scared. I'm, I'm as human as anybody. But I know, where, I know where heaven stands on this issue because it was made very clear, and I feel it, and I know it. Um, Jim didn't know that. Jim didn't know that this, that line of the scripture is the thing that probably is my, is my go-to. It's how I know that I can go in with courage because I know that Jesus has my back and, and the angels of God have my back. Um, Jim didn't know this, and, and probably my, one of my very favorite scenes, top three scenes in the film, um, it's in the cafe. I, want, I don't want to spoil or alert anything, but uh, in the cafe, it's a real scene. That, that happened. He gives me the book. The pedophile gives me the book, and he's about to be arrested. He is arrested in that, in that, in that coffee shop. Um, and in real life, I didn't say what Jim said. I wish I had. I wish I had. But Jim uses that line, and it's not in the script. He ad-libbed that scriptural line about the, the, about the millstone. And um, it's so, I can't even describe it. I'm not going to because it's brilliant. 
and complex how he used it. If you remember that, that, that I, scene. I, I think it's one of the most powerful moments in the film, actually. It is. So I'm not surprised that you're telling me this right yeah, now. It yeah. is. And that's how I do what I do. That's why I do what I do. I, it, it gives you the strength to be able to, to, watch, I, to watch this stuff and document it and then pretend to be really deep cover and pretend to be a pedophile, right, to get some of these people. I, it's hard. It, it's, it's kind of frankly very, a very difficult thing for a lot of people to imagine being able to do such a thing. How did you do it? It took him two years to recover from this role. I know. I mean, I watched him suffer like you can't believe. And I, oh, maybe I'm the only person that could recognize because I suffer the same way. But I don't know how, how, how Tim did it, but you know, I read this story about King David and when he was a boy, 16, and, and Samuel comes and is told by God that one of these young men are, out of this home are going to be the head of Israel, and he interviews all of them, and they're dressed to the dines. And the father, he turns to the father and says, none of these sons will be the head of Israel. By chance, do you have another son? He says, yes, some sheep are out back, you know, and it's David. Once God comes to David, David then, um, they're in this heat of battle. Um, they get pinned in and they're up on a high ground and the Philistines are surrounding them. And all he cares about is this God that reveals himself to him, that loves him. And they're talking this horrible thing, but that, but that his own biological father didn't love him like this God, like he was the only child of this God and he wasn't going to have it. He would rather die. And so he went down, told the men, you're going to come around after I kill this bastard. And he goes down and, you know, what a beautiful father. He, David could have missed him, but he didn't matter to him. He don't talk about my father this way. This is the kind of guy he is. And it, it's as much as it hurts you inside to come off something like this. To, to be able to climb Mount Everest and find just a chip of love, it's worth it. It's worth it. I get uh, films, I don't get the easy ones. And this one definitely wasn't. But it's okay when it requires everything of me, including maybe even my life, to stand up for good and truth because love always is there. And if I have that, I'm the best that I ever was. That's what I loved about this uh, whole project and I think that people are going to feel that reverberation when they go in the theater they're going to be hit much the same way that you would watch this you know Christmas dark film Jimmy Stewart it's a wonderful life it's a dark film but um, if it wasn't for him those people would never have made it if it wasn't for him those children would never make it that is a great role and that's a battle I'm willing to fight any day I want to touch on that because we're talking about some of the you know, like I said, it's, it, we've been saying this is a very difficult film in a lot of ways. So I, I've covered this issue quite a bit on the show. And there's this, what happens is I can't do it too much. And I know that because like some other issues that I've covered, like the organ harvesting regime in communist China and so forth, they're just things people glaze over. People don't want to know at some point. That's just what happens. So, but I, to me, this film, you know, it, these characters, um, the, the, 
the brother-sister pair, right? The one that you, the, which you end up, well, I don't know if I should give it away. <laughs> but it's an incredibly powerful story. And you think, wow, this is unbelievable. This is incredible. I can't believe that this, that this actually happened. And we know it's a true story. Well, I'll say, I'll, I, I, look, I'm going to be super transparent because this is real and I can't afford to play any games and, and not be fully transparent. I will say it is a true story. Absolutely, you're not. There's every character is real. Every bad guy is real. In fact, at the end of the movie, you remember the first. I know what he's going to say. I just want you to know, not every story that he does turns out good. Probably most of them don't. But by chance, that one could live, he will keep fighting and keep going on to save that one child. Yeah. There used to be at the end of the film, some, they had to cut it down. It's too long, but. At the end, I was like, my favorite part was it showed all the guy, all the good guys, the bad guys, the kids, and it said where they are today. All those kids in the, at the rescue at the, at the island, we know where they are. Those are real kids, every one of them. Some of them work for us. Some of them have actually rescued people from human trafficking as young adults. It's the most amazing story. I, I, I haven't even introduced Jim to some of, these, some of these people, some of these now young adults. You know, this was our first rescue operation, so they're the first ones who become adults. Did it work? It did work and we'll be doing documentaries about it. All the bad guys are real. You know, Bill Camp's character, the guy who's, you know, Vampiro. I call him Batman. DC Comics wouldn't release, you know, the name, so we had to call him Vampiro, vampire. But real guy, real story. That story when he t tells why, how he was converted to rescuing children. Academy Award-winning scene right there. I'm not going to say what he did. Jim's response is the, probably the most brilliant acting ever. He didn't say one word. The, uh, his eyes at the end of that scene, if you remember when he I won't say what he said, but... He, he tells his conversion story, Batman, Vampiro, to Jim and basically calls him. And this, this is a real scene. This happened. And Jim looks at him and does something with his eyes. that It's impossible. 10,000 words without saying a word through his eyes. Um, so, um, so there's so, much real th so many real things happening there. Um, some things are underreported. Some things are overreported. Okay? He makes me look way more badass than I am. I'm going to be honest. Okay? You know, they play with times. They, they, there's certain things we, we have to take uh, certain things. Well, uh, and there's some actual footage from an operation oh, at yeah. the end, right? Yes. So you do see you, you, you oh, actually in the element Absolutely. The, we yeah. filmed that operation. Yeah. Also, there's going to be a documentary called Triple Take coming out in the wake of Sound of Freedom that tells the story. So it's, it's all real. Now, yes, liberties are taken. There's certain, there's certain action scenes that are like, yeah, that went, that went above what's real. I don't want to spoiler alert, but I, I, I just, I just want to say that. Um, but I also want to say that, that the majority of it is absolutely true. It's a true story. I mean, this, this, this happened. And, and it's, it's important to know that because I'm tired of people saying that human trafficking must be false. It can't be real. You know, and it, it's, 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 it's a leftist movement that's actually doing this. They want to discredit human trafficking and pedophilia because they have an agenda to normalize pedophilia. I mean, the, U, the UN just reported that it's time to start decriminalizing sex with children. Mm -hmm. The same groups that are just trying to discredit me and just trying to destroy my reputation, the, me the, the fake news media outlets, are also peddling this agenda that don't call them pedophiles. Pedophile is a, a, a derogatory term. Hell right, yeah, yeah, it is a derogatory term. It's, it's supposed to be. That, it's a red flag statement. No, they want to call it minor attracted persons. You've heard this map. And it's, it's insane what's happening, the sexualization of our kids, what's happening at the border, facilitating human tra child trafficking. So we are, there's a spiritual warfare going on right now. Uh, and children are in the crosshairs. This has never happened before. Children have never been the target. 
so clearly, so blatantly, mm. and half the country is like, yay, rah, rah, we're gonna liberate kids. No, you're gonna enslave them in the name of liberating them. So this film is gonna be the tool, I hope, that opens people's minds to the reality of the danger all of our children are in. It's interesting. I, a few years ago, when I was looking at how you know, different sorts of people are thinking about the world. I've, I've been just kind of studying this. It's a bizarre situation. But I, what I, the, the thing that I've come to realize, or I, I think I've come to, I'd love to hear, you said half the country. I don't think it's half the country. You're right. You know, I, You're right. I, I think it's... It, sounds, it seems like it is. I think it's like a small it's group of very You're loud, right. very right. energetic people. You're right. And then there are a bunch of people that just don't say anything. The silent majority needs to rise up. Mm-hmm. I hope this film activates them. But what, what do you think about that? Oh, it's important here. Listen, every time I bring up the trafficking thing, I remember I came to see a friend of mine and we were in Texas and 13-year-old daughter's walking home by herself. I said, are you kidding me? And I just got off this movie and I'm going to tell you, you, you're not, well, I want my daughter to have the safe, have, feel the same way I did when I walked home from school. I said, that world has changed. Um, and uh, it, this is... I'm not the one that's the trafficker here. You understand? I'm not here to hurt your child. I'm trying to protect you. The film is very powerful because it shows you how routinely it occurs, but it also helps you to know what the warning signs are. And a mother and a father have to, have to uh, guard their children, you know, protect them. And by sticking your head in the sand is not protecting your children. So this movie comes out on the 4th of July. Imagine you're at a barbecue, and there's Susie right there, and you look over here, and then she's gone. Where did, and they're watching you. But if you know the warning signs, you know, the, the, don't be a prey of these predators. You be one back. I remember him and I went into, we were out in the South Pacific, and we were in the water with uh, uh, these big man-eating sharks. <laughs> and you know what? They wouldn't eat us. Or they should have, but because we were staring at them. And they're predators, and they're noticing that we're looking at them. And so they were very, they wouldn't touch us. It's extraordinary, but that, it's true. Well, if it works with the sharks, it certainly will work with, with these predators. And, uh, and, and we got to keep going and go, get on the offensive. And the power of this movie, okay, so you got triumph of the will, right? Okay, that, that's, that's, that's truth, but a lie. Tell a lie over and over and over again, and it becomes real. Lenin said, of all industries in the world, the most important is film. Why? Because if you build a bad building, engineering, it'll fall down. Film, you can do bad engineering with the film. You can make it lies. Tell it often, it becomes real. And see, right now, there, a lot of the public, they're changing right now. Because you have, for example, Hunter Biden laptop. It's not true. Well, we believe that. Two years, you say that over and over again. But now it is true, isn't it? That was two years right there. Seven years, Russia. Before the Durham report dropped, we got a Russian uh, uh, agent, Donald Trump. But then we don't. But that's seven years. So that's about 80% of all the stuff they've been giving us in the last two years. And the public's not buying this anymore. They're looking at the media and going, no, no, you're as wicked as those traffickers. You are as wicked as those pedophiles. And this is why you're working and running cover. They're putting it together. I'll tell you, there's going to be a point where those people won't be able to walk down the street ever again. So we used 
the, the storytelling. And, you know, look, Count of Monte Cristo, 1,200-page book. We had 110 minutes to tell you the story of the Count of Monte Cristo. So we got to take 88 characters and condense them down to, you know, 12, 14 characters. We had to do the same here. He's been on many, many, many missions. But the, the end of it is this. When you walk out of there, you won't get up, just like you did on The Passion of the Christ, just like you did on Schindler's List. And the difference between Schindler's List and this film, Schindler's List was done 50 years. Too late. Too late. We're doing this right now, during the time. And this is a huge weapon to evil, and they don't like it, but tough. You know, one of the, you're just reminding me, uh, during the premiere, which I attended last night, or I guess the Washington premiere or something, um, you guys said that it's the biggest market, that the U.S. is the biggest market for pedophilia, child's biggest consumer for sex trafficking or child sex trafficking, which I wasn't sure which. And I think in the film it says one of the biggest. How do you measure that? And how well, can that be possible? I, I'm trying to understand. Yeah, let me break it down. So yeah. there's more people enslaved today than ever before. So let's start with the big number. The big numbers, $150 billion a year are made off the backs of men, women, and children slaves. 27 million of them throughout the world. Um, slave labor, organ harvesting, sex slavery. Six million of those are children um, that are either in one of those three categories. It's estimated that two million of those are specifically designated for the commercial sex trade. Hmm. Now, these, these numbers are so enormous that it's almost like, it's almost pointless even talking about it, right? Even the smallest number is, is still two million children. And I think it's much, much higher than that. Now, people often in the United States have looked at those numbers and said, whoa, that's far, far away. That's in Africa and India and maybe South America. And that's not here. No, wrong, wrong. The United States is number three for destination countries for human trafficking. Number one for, for consumption of child rape videos. And we are now approaching number one in production of child exploitation material. This is so important to understand because if we don't understand that, then we'll never understand why things are happening in this country that make no sense. Why are there over 85,000, much more than that, by the way, but that's conservative, 85,000 unaccompanied minors show up in the last two years at the southern border and are delivered to sponsors. No background check, no DNA testing. The kid brings, the, the, thousands of these kids, look at the CBP numbers, they're published. Thousands are under five years old. What's a three-year-old doing showing up alone with a name? Just call this number, please, and take me to my sponsor. And there's no background check. They call the number and they show up. Now, it's not just that, though. Why are we calling, it's, all, it's born here in this country. They want to get rid of pedophile and call it man-attractive persons. They want to give children pornography at third grade, calling it sex education. They want to get, let 13, 14-year-old girls consent to cutting off their genitalia and injecting and having themselves injected with hormone blockers that will, can, can destroy their, their, their reproductive systems, right? Why is that relevant? Because it's just one more step to, I also want consent. If you give me that much consent at 13, you've already sexualized me because I've, I've had your sex education. Do you know what happens, what porn does to an adult brain? Times 10 to a kid's brain. So now they're 13 years old and they're going to say, well, thanks for letting me change my body. I also want to tell you that I, am, I identify as a 30-year-old. And so I want to have sex with the 40-year-old pedophile. And you can't stop me anymore because you have eliminated all godly, scientific, moral virtues that this nation was based upon. You've washed them away, mom and dad, because, and you got lots of social media hits because of it. You got awards because of it. But now you can't stop the pedophiles. 
The pedophile agenda has been pushed for decades. And I'm not conspiracy theorists. I'm not saying they're talking to this left woke godlessness that's happening over here. They're not talking necessarily. Um, but their agenda is identical. All the things that pedophiles have wanted, sexualizing kids, giving kids the right to consent, pushing God out of education, these are all the platforms that the, pedof- the organized pedophile groups have been peddling. The woke left is now implementing them. It is so terrifying. It's not just the southern border. That's just the beginning. We need to connect all the dots and recognize our children are in the crosshairs of spiritual warfare. And this has never happened in the history of this country. It's happened in other cultures. You can go look and see what happens. And when that happens, (laughs) bad things follow if you believe in a just God. We need to stand up right now. Those who believe, those who understand. And this film is that tool. This film will bring a light. It'll it'll soften hearts. It'll bring enlightenment and and, and understanding and information to to the ignorant populace who thinks it's okay to enslave our children in the name of liberating them. You know, and I think you did it in a way that is as tasteful as you could possibly do with this issue. Alfred Hitchcock style, but still, it's still... creeps you out because well, it's right it, I mean, on the edge. Frankly, you, you, your acting creeped me out incredibly, yeah. as, especially as you're, get, you know, I, it's, you can almost see you getting into that character. You have the idea, I have to do this. And then there's a struggle. And then... <laughs> <laughs> That's a true story, by the way. That's a true story. You're referring to when I had to go undercover as a special agent Tim Ballard pedophile. It's a true story, and, and I didn't know how he was going to pull that off. And he did. <laughs> you know, you guys have this, you, you connected with Angel Studios to do the distribution, which has this amazing model, which they used with The Chosen, the sort of pay, to pay it forward model. I think it's, it's, it's a great, I think it's a great fit for that model, actually. But so, and you have this, at the end of the film, after the credits, you have this kind of plea. You want to share this. You've been talking about declaring, you know, war on uh, uh, child sex trafficking, which is this, I assume, is this film. How is this film being shown? Like, it's, it's going to go on a bunch of screens now, but, like, what's, what's the plan to get this message out? Well, right now, we started at about 1,500 screens. And we went in places and started talking. Much the same thing that happened in The Passion of the Christ, people start the movement. And they started calling, and, and I said, look, we'll fill all these screens up if we do, all right? But there's going to be a point where we hit a wall because we have, we're in the middle of two giant uh, films, uh, Mission Impossible, Tom Cruise, Harrison Ford, and Indiana Jones. But for some reason, that 4th of July thing was really important, and really it is, can we give these children back their freedom on our Independence Day? And what this is all about we're independent, but are we really an independent? This is a very dark time to be an American because we really don't have a country now, right? Because by a country, you have to have you have to be a sovereign nation with with borders. We don't have a south border anymore, okay? And so there's part of that is in there, and it's all that's part of the uh, uh, the, the fabric of our country right now. A lot of people that I've talked to, and there's no word that I can describe. They're pissed off. And they're pissed off about the culture and a, uh, uh, a lot of things that are, they're taking to our children, CRT, all of these things. This film represents a lot of that, this cultural thing for our children. It's a big octopus with a lot of arms. 
But everything from labeling Target, Buddy Light, and all of that, people are tired of it, and they're angry. And they're, 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 a lot of Major League Baseball teams, NBA, if they're going to do that, people are at a point where they're shutting it off. And out of nowhere comes this light. It's called Sound of Freedom. And it represents what they believe in. America is like this. They will put their money into something that represents God to them. Love, the Christ God, okay? So that's this groundswell, and it's moving right now. We go to places, we talk to them, more tickets keep being sold. And we're on our way to get it. Yesterday, all of a sudden, we jumped from selling 10,000 tickets. We're right now selling Indiana Jones right now by 25%. I tell them, I say, look, we can put a big light on this. We can come down here to Washington, but we need your help. And um, today we met a lot of the great, you know, warriors here that, that are real, true blue Americans. And, I, and they said, what can I do to help you? It's like, can we help you? This is a weapon. I mean, we, t we just got out of uh, Ted Cruz's office, Senator Cruz, and said, take it to your people in Texas. You know, take it to the border. Let's go down to Texas and let's show it. We'll put a whole premiere right there in front of Texas and everything, right? You know, and all these people, all the media, when I said, do you want to come down? No, we fact-checked you. Oh, really? So you, you, what do you do? Just get like your bullet points and you read them, that's it? Do you want to come down there and meet some of these agents? I don't think they want to know the truth. But the Americans are sick of it. American people know. They're tired of it. And we want one nation under God, indivisible. You, you know, I just remembered that this film actually was made five years ago. They fought so hard to keep this thing out. You know, we showed this movie in Vegas. There were 1,500 people saw it, about five screenings. And during one particular part in the movie, uh, everybody was talking, every screening. And finally, at the end, they all were there, and I got up and I, I said, during this one particular part in the movie, you're all talking. What are you, what, what's that all about? I didn't, even, I didn't even make a connection. And they all screamed out, Epstein Island. Wow. Okay. Wow. We're going to have a tough time here to get this thing out. And I think a lot of people that saw this movie wanted to do the right thing. You know, I might have had 14 guys in a room that all wanted me, but two didn't. And that was enough. They, they served the media. They were all scared. The media. Americans they have a whole different perspective of what the media is. So everybody has to decide. Actors have to decide. You want to put your hand up and work for the Fuhrer? They did that. You know, under Joseph Goebbels, they did. And we're doing it right here. Or are you going to follow our country and follow righteousness from our forefathers that had intended that we are a republic, that life comes before liberty, life comes before happiness, because without your life, you have no liberty. Without your life, you have no happiness. And we're talking about these children here. You know, uh, I'm going to remind everybody that's watching that this film it's incredibly powerful on this issue, but it's just also an incredibly, incredibly compelling story. It was incredibly engaging for me. And, uh, you know, congratulations. Any final thoughts, maybe, Tim? Well, I, I, the, the more I watch what's happening today, we've been on, we've been with the speakers, uh, McCarthy's office, Senator Cruz, several others, I'm recognizing how big this tool is going to be. It's not just about this one story. It's about, it's about this country. Uh, there's going to be a new trailer that's coming out. 
I, I just sobbed. They showed, I watched it the first time with, with Kevin McCarthy. The, you, you think that Angel would have showed me first, but I'm crying in his office. Just like, oh my gosh. What they did was they connected the film, which happens in Colombia, to this country. And I'm not going to tell you how they do it. It'll blow your mind. Um, because it is about this country. I mean, I had to separate myself from the U.S. government in order to rescue children. No one should have to say that sentence. We, we liberate the captive. This, the legacy... The culture, the, 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 the mandate of this country has always been liberate the captive. I never should have had to separate myself to do what we did. And, and so this country needs to be the solution. Instead, we are, we are the problem. We're the source of it. We're the source of the corruption right now that is, that is enslaving children. And so it's this country that the, from whence the solution must come. And I believe in the silent majority. And I think this film will bring them out. And so what we're asking the silent majority is to, to do is July 4th, go to angel.com slash SOF for Sound of Freedom, buy tickets, buy tickets for others, pay it forward. We want 2 million butts in seats the week of July 4th, representing the 2 million children currently in the commercial sex trade. If we get at least 2 million people showing up, I promise you the next week it'll be 4 million, the next week it'll be 8 million, and we will create a movement. Um, it's not about even the story. It's not, certainly not about me. It's about those children. And then people recognize it's about our children in this country, even the ones that seem safe at home. They are not safe at home. They are not safe in public schools. They are being groomed. They are being readied for pedophilia. I promise you it's happening. But we're not, we're not awake to it. And I hope this film does that. But it starts with 2 million people going to angel.com slash SOF and buying tickets and getting themselves in those theaters nationwide to celebrate in true form Independence Day. And I, this is the shirt that Angel Studios gave me. God's children are not for sale. It's the tagline. It's the most important line Jim says in the film. God's children are not for sale. It's the song at the end as well. Correct. But you know, the, the children. And the children. Every time the children sing in the film. They sing in Latin, God's children are not for sale. And it also is the story of Miguel and Rosita, right? Correct. Um, if, I were, if I have their names right. Yes, you do. Um, the, two, the two children that inspired everything, right, for the whole story. Any, any final thought, Jim? Uh, just, um, can we love God's children more than we fear evil? What a powerful place to end. Jim Caviezel. Tim Ballard, such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you all for joining Jim Caviezel, Tim Ballard, and me on this episode of American Thought Leaders. I'm your host, Yanya Kellek. (laughs) 